following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. Well, I have the privilege this morning of uh, kicking off a new sermon series, uh, The Goal of the Gospel. And uh, it's always a privilege to be able to preach in any context. It is especially a privilege to be able to preach uh, the kickoff sermon for a series. Um, I want to take us to the Gospel of John in chapter 17, a very familiar portion of Scripture for most of us. It is the prayer of Jesus. Um, I want you to know I'm going to read uh, almost all of it, almost the whole chapter, because it speaks volumes, and then I'm just going to tell you what I believe he said. Um, I do want you to, you will notice that he speaks as even as if he's already been to the cross. He speaks as if the way has already been made for you and I. He speaks as if it is finished because he knew it was finished because things had been set in motion. They had had the Last Supper. He had dipped the, uh, the uh, bread in the wine uh, with, and Judas, with Judas and Judas had left and gone to do what he was about to do and Jesus told him to go and do it quickly. So everything was set in motion and it was like it was a done deal. How many of you know in God, when he sets something in motion, for him it's done? That's why he could speak so positively to you and I this morning, even though you know and I know that he's not fully done with us yet. In his mind and in his eye, seeing the end from the beginning, he sees the end product and he says, as he did from the cross, it is finished. And you should have great joy in that. So that's the first thing you'll know, notice about the prayer of Jesus. The second thing I want you to notice about this John chapter 17 prayer is that it talks about you. It talks about you. You don't believe me. Verse 20 of John 17. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Any believers in the room? Anybody here that believes because of the word of the disciples that he's praying for? We need to understand as I pray this out, as I lead uh, us through this, we need to understand that this includes us. And that he was looking into the future, which was getting to be no big deal for him. And he saw you, and he saw me, and he saw this day. So I'm going to pick it up at verse 6. This is Jesus praying to the Father. In the first few verses, he prays concerning the glory that he had left and the glory that he had taken upon himself or given to him by the Father. In verse 6, I'm going to read all through it, and then we'll just preach it. I have manifest your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. I want you to notice something as I read this, because the title of this sermon is, Who in the World Are You? 
I want you to notice how often the word world is mentioned. Everybody say world. world. I have manifest your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me. They have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given to them the words which you have given me, and they have received them and have known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. And all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father, keep through your name those who you have given me, that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those who you gave me I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy filled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world." I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And as you sent me into the world, I sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I have sanctified myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, and they all, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one, just as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that you have sent me, and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you gave me, may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you have loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. I have declared to them your name, and will declare it, that the love which you loved me may be in them, and I in them. Jesus, uh, God the Father, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We're living in a day when the world is being very predictable. It's being very worldly. When we speak about the world, I like what the pan, uh, Passion Translation says. It says the unbelieving world. 
And I believe there is a portion of the world. We know that it would, God would that none would perish, but we know there are those who will. We'd be silly to think otherwise. But God has a heart for the world, and so he sent his son. I want us to notice that, and I, I, I want to use this platform and the floor down below to paint a picture for us. The reality is that you and I were in the world. We all have a testimony of some sort of varying degrees of worldliness, if you want to say it that way. But uh, don't raise your hand, but I think every one of you at one time in your life was a rascal. I know I was. And I still have the potential to be. And so do you. But the reality is that we were called out of the world and we were called out of darkness into his marvelous light. We were called into the lordship of Jesus Christ. The Bible says it this way. We are seated in heavenly places far above all powers, principalities. We are seated in the place, seated with Christ, with him who has authority over all power, principality on the earth, below the earth and on the earth. Amen? And so we're seated there with him, and we can take great comfort in that. Our citizenship is in heaven. I, I want us to understand our citizenship is not in the United States of America. I'm sorry. At least mine's not. And many people are getting unraveled because they have a misplaced citizenship. My citizenship is in heaven. It's my final home. I'm just a sojourner and I'm just, when I am in the world, I'm just a sojourner passing through. I got to be careful. I don't set, set up residence because I'm not going to be here long and neither are you. You do realize you're not going to make it out of here alive. <laughs> Come on. We need to realize that we have been bought with a price and we've been brought out of death into eternal life. And yet we must walk out our walk. We must run our race. But our citizenship is in heaven. And things are doing quite well in heaven. Thank you. I pulled up the song uh, as I was preparing this morning. I pulled up the song, uh, the words to an old song. This world is not my home. I am just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Some of us are feeling very uh, uncomfortable in the world realm, in the natural realm. And I want to say to you that I suspect it's going to get a lot more uncomfortable. And your responsibility and my responsibility is to, while uh, living 
in the world. I want you to notice that Jesus said, don't take them out of the world. In fact, he said a little later, not only is he did these pray to the Father not to take them out of the world, but he said, I sent them into the world. Father, just as you sent me into the world, now I send them into the world. You need to know this morning, you've been sent. You might say, well, I didn't raise up my hand and sign up for it. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus raised your hand for you. You have been crucified with Christ and you no longer live. And now the life that you live, you live by faith in the Son of God who died and gave himself for you and raised your hand for you. I added that last part. But we need to understand that he sent us into the world. Just as the Father sent the Son, you and I are sent by the Son into the world. As he is in the world, so shall we be. That's what the scripture says. We are his ambassadors. God so loved the world that he sent you. Me. And we need to understand that we're sent. And the challenge that you and I have is to become, uh, to, and Jesus prayed it, that we'd be in the world, but not of the world. In the same way that he was in the world, but not of the world. I want to take you to a, Another portion of scripture that, by the way, this is written, obviously, by John the Revelator. It's written some 60 years after the birth of the church. And I want to take you to his first epistle where he carries on and talks a little bit about this same theme. First John chapter 2. Beginning at verse 15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the, eye, the, lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. The world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of the Father abides forever. Little children, it is the last hour. And you have heard that the Antichrist is coming. Even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. The disciples who wrote the book lived with an urgency, wrote with an urgency that it was in the last days. And you and I need to live the same way. I believe we're in the last days. I believe that God is wrapping things up. I'm not getting out a calendar. I don't have a chart. And I don't really know if I'll be here for it or not. It really, to be honest, that's up to him. That's not up to me. But the reality is this. We are closer to the last days. We are closer to the return of Jesus Christ than we've ever been. It's looming closer all the time. We see stuff going on in our nation. Uh, we see the, the battle raging. 
And we need to understand that it is the spirit of Antichrist. Don't take so many things personal that you see going on in this nation and in this world. It's not about you, it's about God. Now they hate you because you love God. They hate you because you're in the world, but you're not of it. They hate you because you have a language that is very confusing of, to them. When Alan was here, he pointed out that you and I are coded for language. Coded. C-O-D-E-D. -E in other words, there's a language that we understand. If you don't know the language of heaven, you're not saved. But I believe you're saved. Let me say it a little bit softer way. It is because you are coded for the language of God that you're here saved here this morning. You heard the voice of God. You heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. You heard the message. And you have a language and you have a message. We have a message to carry. It originates in this realm, but we carry it in this realm. The wind behind the message comes from that realm, but we carry it in this realm. And it's got oomph behind it. And you ain't the oomph. He is. But nonetheless... It's God oomph. And sometimes we feel like we need to doctor the me message or per perfect the message or soften the message or harden up the message. Just let the message be the message because it's a seed that carries the life of God within it. It's called the gospel of Jesus Christ. But you and I got to go with it. All authority has been given unto me. Therefore, you go. You go and do what? Make converts? No. Make disciples. If a convert does not become a disciple, they're not a convert. We need to understand that. We need to be real. Those who come to the Lord Jesus Christ, make a radical change. Luke, the writer of Acts, said it this way, the Lord added daily to the church those who were being saved. Why did he add them to the church? T to get discipled. That's the primary role of the church. To make disciples, not converts. And we need to be, realize that we are about our Father's business of making d disciples. We need to understand that the Antichrist spirit that is in the world has become political, but it's not political, it's spiritual. The anger that you see against that which is right is spiritual in nature. It's driven by spirit. And I understand we're here this morning under the umbrella of the Roe versus Wade decision being struck down on the federal level we need to that can be something to celebrate but it also should be very sobering to us because for the the first time it's taken out of the hands of the law of the land and it's put into the hands of the people and it behooves you and I to vote righteously Amen. along righteous lines i don't care you know i don't care about ideology. I don't care about anything, but I do care about righteousness. Yeah. 
And so does God. And, one, and because it is in the hands of the people now, people got to be very wise. We need to be very wise as a people. We need to contend for righteousness. There's so much going on on so many different levels, but the reality is you can't kill 60 million uh, children, unborn children, and expect it not to affect a nation. You can't now bring that down to a state level and give the authority to govern that or not govern it or to do away with it or to keep that practice in place and not recognize that it will bring judgment on each individual state. We need to understand that. We need to understand that we're in a war. Paul wrote to Timothy and he said, no soldier entangles himself in the affairs of this life that he might fully enlist, that he might fully please him who enlisted him. And as you and I walk in the world, but not of it, we need to walk very wisely with an awareness that we've been sent and we've been sent with a mission. And the mission, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. You and I have the responsibility to carry a message that takes people from simply believing to being disciples. If you're here this morning and you feel like, whoa, we must be careful that we do not how many of you remember the story of David facing Goliath and Saul said, well, why don't you put on my armor? And David tried it and it didn't fit and he couldn't fight the battle that way. We got to be careful that we don't take upon ourselves an armor that is worldly in nature and a system that is worldly in nature to fight a spiritual giant. Well, you got to fight fire with fire. No, you don't. I recommend fighting fire with water. Just saying. We need to understand that in this arena, people will not like you. You won't always be popular if you're... Uh, in a popularity contest in your world, in your sphere. And let's recognize there's no one here that's going to go to the whole world. We got a team going for an, to another slice of it. Others of us have traveled to other slices of the world, but relatively small slices at that. But the reality is the world we impact more than any other is the place we live, the place we work, our neighborhood.
And it is in that place that we carry the nature and the person and the word of Jesus Christ. It's in that place that we can feel the most sent. I'll be honest with you, it's always concerned me a little bit that people go on a missions trip. Now, don't you dare leave here and say that I'm not for missions. I am. But if we go on a missions trip and do somewhere else something there that we don't do here, I got to ask why. I know I'm meddling. I know. I think it's important for you and I to recognize that we have something to offer the world. And we can't sugar it up, we can't add extra sugar, or we can't make it diet, or we can't take out the gluten, or we can't, it's, this is what we got to offer. But it'll change lives. You and I need to understand that because we spend time up here, and if you don't spend time up here, you'll struggle with your walk down here, by the way. But assuming that we spend time up here, when we walk about down here, we smell. We have a fragrance upon us. To some, it's the fragrance of death, but there are those... It, to whom it will be the fragrance of life. There's an old saying, those who try to reach everybody end up reaching nobody. I would encourage you, and I've made it my mission and my purpose, to reach the ones I can. I'm never going to apologize for this. I'm never going to alter it. I may get a little more crafty in how I deliver it. I may change the delivery system, if I could say it that way, to meet a certain person or a certain culture. But the reality is, it is what it is. And he is who he is. Have you noticed in the Gospels, Jesus would get a revival going and then offend almost everybody? <laughs> now, I don't condone or recommend taking on yourself the ministry of offensiveness. One of the most beautiful things in my life that Jesus has brought into my life is he's teaching me, he's taught me and is still teaching me 
how to relate to people and how to love people and how to be in relationship with people. Jesus was one of the most relatable guys on the planet. But he didn't compromise the message. Verse 14, Jesus prays and tells the Father something the Father already knows. By the way, this is one of those occasions in the scripture where Jesus prayed to make sure that his disciples were listening. Remember, he was at the tomb of Lazarus. He said, Father, I thank you that you always hear me. But for the sake of these people, I'm going to talk to you now. And I believe this was very much the same case. I don't know how John got this. Well, I do know he got it by the Spirit. In fact, Jesus told him, told them that this, I have much to say to you now, but you can't bear it yet. He also told them that the Holy Spirit will remind you of everything I said to you. By the way, it's good for us to know that we have a helper in this realm. Amen. He's called the Holy Spirit, and he convicts, he convicts the world, not the church. Listen to me now. And it's not that he won't convict the church, but I believe he's more in the business of convincing the church that they are sons and daughters but he convicts the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of judgment because the ruler of this world, this should make you dance, is judged. The ruler of this world has already been judged. And I know he's, you know, it's, talks about in Revelations, he comes down with great wrath knowing that he has but a short time left. And somebody said to me once, well, I don't know, the devil started in the book of Genesis as a snake and he ends up in the book of Revelation as a, as a dragon. Ooh. My Jesus started out as a lamb and now he's a lion. Come on, come on. That was pretty good, Jesus. <laughs> I want you to notice that Jesus thought of you and I, and he said, Father, I pray you don't take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. And you and I need to know that we have a, the protection of God. How many of you think that if Jesus asked uh, a prayer, the Father answered it? 
and you and I have a protection around about us. Now, here's the deal. Because we walk in this realm, and all of a sudden we find ourselves in difficult circumstances and stuff we don't like, and we forget that Jesus that sent us here said, oh, by the way, in the world, come on, you know where I'm going, you will have tribulation. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. <laughs> But be happy, be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. Jesus said a little earlier, I think around chapter 14 or 15 of this same book of John's. The ruler of this world <clears throat> is coming for me, but he has nothing in me. And I want to suggest that the process that you and I are in, that we heard about prophetically this morning, of being changed from glory to glory to glory, is bringing us into that place where the ruler of this world has nothing in us. I would like you to stand, if you would, please. By the way, we have a number of, uh, Brian announced this morning, uh, yes, this community fest this afternoon. It, it is simply a tool for what we're talking about, bringing the gospel to the world. I encourage you, if friends or people that you're working with, invite them. In uh, September, we're going to host here in Living Waters, along with other churches. They're going to do it in their houses of worship on different nights. We're going to host an Alpha, which is just a tool to help us as a team. In fact, we're going to be having a sign-up sheet for those of you who would like to work with us in hosting an Alpha. But we also want you to be inviters. We want you to invite people to it. Why? Do you know that the, Jesus sent the disciples out two by two? You know what he said to them? He said, I'm sending you out. He didn't say, as sheep among wolves. No, no, no. It's way different than that. He said, I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. <laughs> well, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> But he is. I want to send you this morning with the authority that I have, be it as small or great as it is. But I want to send you into the world, into your world. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to be the best version of you you can be. That is how you'll be the most effective. But let the light of Jesus shine through you. Season your speech with salt, with grace. And be you. And impact people with the love of God. Impact people. Whatever it is that you have received from God, give it away. Can we do that? I believe we can. And I believe we're going to grow better at it because of the times and the seasons we're in. How many of you know the world needs light? Yeah. 
And the world needs salt. And the world needs you. Amen. So in the name of Jesus, I send you to be a carrier of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I send you to go and to be led by him. It's good to know that Jesus is not a cattle rancher that drives us. He is a shepherd that leads us. And I declare that he will lead you to the right people, the right place, at the right time to be carriers of this message. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org. Thank you.